Welcome to Austin DWI Charges, a four-part conversation with Ellen Stater and Austin criminal defense attorney, Charlie Rodman. Charlie has handled over 500 DWI cases in his 15-year career as a defense attorney in Austin. In these interviews, he discusses the Travis County court system, strategies, negotiation, and what you should do after the arrest. For more information on Charlie, check out roadmanlaw.com. For more info on Ellen, check out austinwomenlove.com. Episode 1. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am Ellen Stater. I'm here with Charlie Rodman, who is going to give us everything we need to know about being arrested for a DUI. Although this is great. It's a in Texas, it's a DWI. D- okay, so 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 no, this is this is a great way to start this because in in different states it's, it's a, a different DU, thing. DUI, okay. but in Texas uh, it's a DWI. Okay, let me say that over, and then uh, I'll ask you about the difference. I don't even think you need to say that over. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going. All right. <laughs> well, then tell us the difference between a DUI and a DWI. Okay. Well, in different states, there's no difference, or you know, they have different laws. So California, it's, it's a DUI. Um, we do actually have a DUI in Texas, but it's when it's for driving under the influence, okay, as opposed to driving in, while uh, intoxicated. Okay. Right. So when you're driving under the influence, is if you're a minor and the officer smells any alcohol in your breath, right? So they pull you over, you're 17, and he smells alcohol, but you're not intoxicated, but they can give you a ticket. So a DUI in Texas is a Class C ticket. Okay. Much uh, smaller trouble yes, yes. than a DWI. <laughs> it is, it, <laughs> unless uh, your parents are really strict, and then they get pretty mad about that. <laughs> so it really depends on your parents. <laughs> well, all right. So, uh, no, go ahead. Yeah, so, so you know, what I wanted to, to, to talk about and why, why I'm so glad you're, you're doing this with me, it, you know, I, I tell people when I'm talking to them that I could talk about a DWI for two days straight, like just nonstop, and that is totally true, okay? So <laughs> what, I, what I wanted to do is get as much of this as down uh, so people can listen to it because my clients uh, do want to know uh, more uh, and – Having an audio that they can listen to at their convenience, I think, helps because often when I'm talking with them, their brain's going a thousand miles an hour. You know, I they say they can't rewind you and they can't. Pause you. No, yeah. and and they, you know, honestly, it's it's. I'll say something and and then ten minutes later, it's clear that they didn't understand my right. answer. And, and even though I try, I really try to make it as clear as possible. The concepts are. Uh, are tricky. But people are so agitated in this situation that, that retaining information is sort of goes out the door. It, it really does. And you know, it, what's when we have clients at court and uh, I tell them what just happened with the prosecutor and stuff, uh, we go back to the office and we write an email saying the exact same thing ah. because it's just, it's too much. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's like one of the most stressful parts of your life and uh, you just, you need it. You need some time. To process what's and being to said. have it in black and white to be able to read it over and over again that's yeah it's got to be helpful or in digital audio or in digital audio right <laughs> but, and we you know we have we tell them bring bring your friends uh, bring or friends bring your bring smartest your friend right. bring your smartest friend or your you know a family member and mm-hmm. so that we can uh, all together we can make sure everybody understands what's happening it takes a village it does it really does <laughs> plus I wouldn't want to go through that alone. 
<laughs> no. Yeah. And some people, they, they do, and, uh, you know, and some people bring their family members and friends, and it's it's nice to have that support. Yeah. Absolutely. But I wanted to talk about, you know, just uh, about from the beginning, you know, I mean, this isn't going to go chronologically exactly, but, but the, you know, people are calling me generally after they've been arrested, you know, a day or two or, or a week or so, and, and uh, it's, you know, I've done this for 15 years, and so it's incredibly traumatic, okay, for 99% of the people. There's there's a few that, that are acting like it wasn't a big deal, but <laughs> 99% of people are just shell-shocked. I mean, because it, it, it surprises people how terrible going to jail is. Not, not that they're torturing you or it's not dirty or old like you know ancient you know iron maidens and you know things there but but just the sudden loss of freedom the you know where's my car going and then all you know you have to tell everybody you know or at least some of the people uh, where you are uh, and right so right there you've said you lose your mobility you lose your privacy you lose your agency yeah it's it's just like the rug's been pulled out from right. under you um now, luckily, you know, that phase, the, the being arrested, is really the worst part of this, okay? Mm-hmm. So by the time people are talking with me, you know, I get to say, well, the good news is there's no more of that, okay? Because DWIs in, in Austin, I mean, typically, you know, unless there's something extraordinarily dramatic or it's like your fifth or sixth one, they just want probation, okay? They don't mm-hmm. want more jail time. That's good to know. Yeah, it, it is. And it, it's, you know, because you're sitting in jail, you get out, and then you're wondering if you're going back, you know. Now, you could go back if you violate the rules, you know, because there's a bunch of rules that get put in place very quickly uh, about your car and things, you know, depending on the facts. But Obligations um, you have to fulfill to. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible for you to go back to jail, but it, it really isn't likely if you follow the rules. But anyway, it, it, this it so the the trauma of it is um, you know I, I describe it a lot in terms of Maslow's hierarchy. Okay, mm-hmm. where I'm not sure if everybody's familiar with that. Yeah, um, go over that just a little okay. for our listeners. Yes. Um, so uh, the the goal I always start with the goal. The goal is self actualization. Okay, which is really just being having the best life you could have. Okay, um, you're happy. Just everything went is going perfectly. Now, to reach that, you got to fulfill the bottom levels, okay? And, and the, the basic level is your physiological needs, um, and that's food and, and water and air, okay? So, for example, you, you can't be having the best life you want to have if you're starving, okay, right. or can't breathe, okay? Right. So, so you can't get up to the top without that bottom level, your physiological needs. So you're now, eating, you're drinking, you're breathing, step one. Step one. Step two, you need to have safety and security, in your life, okay, and now that's that's uh, fairly broad in the sense, you know, you. I, I say, if you're in a jungle and you're surrounded by tigers, right, you're you're not no thinking about anything else, right? <laughs> yeah, you're not thinking about the things that you get to the top, you know. Um, you're not thinking about your career. You're thinking about how how do I survive this? But it, but also, you know, it it uh, it also applies to to where you live and, and your house. If you're in a bad situation in life, uh, you know, abusive partners or things like that, or, or you're about to get uh, evicted, you know, that's right. a safety and security level. And, and so, you know, after physiological needs, you need safety and security. Then 
once you've satisfied that, once there's, you know, then the next level is love and belonging. Okay. And that's, mm-hmm. that is where you need friendship and, and love and family and, and those, uh, people you can trust in the community. And, right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you, and you have to have that, um, to get to the top, to get to self-actualization. And even, you know, some people say, well, I'm a, I'm a loner and, and, you know, but maybe people can do that for a little while, but, but humans, it's just in their DNA that we're social creatures and we need, yeah, we can't help it. No, can't help it. So you can't will yourself to not need a partner or love and, and relationships. So, and you can't, you can't live in the world without other people. If you go to the store and there's no one there working there willing to sell you food, you're not going to get fed. Exactly. And you, yeah. so you, you have this social element. Mm-hmm. The next level after that is uh, self-esteem. Okay. And so to get to the top, you know, you've got to feel good about yourself. You've got to um, have accomplished goals. And, and, and that's, uh, anyway, that, that, and that's, education helps with that. I mean, as you feel proud of yourself and, mm-hmm. and, you know, if you're overly critical or stuff, that that's, that's a problem. Okay. So you're, you're not going to be the best you can be if you're, you know, uh, incapacitated with with shame or, or those types of things. Mm-hmm. And now the reason I talk about this stuff is because an arrest, it affects all of those things. Okay. I mean, self-esteem, obviously, right? I mean, you're, you're, this is, I talk to a lot of people that, that, you know, this is the first trouble they've been in and, and their, their whole lives, they, and they say, I never thought I would be this in right. this situation. Yeah. You know? So it really just a massive impact to, to their self-esteem Love and belonging, of course, because they have to tell their parents, some of them, you know, tell their parents or their partners, and, and, and it, it, sometimes they don't respond well, and, and so there's mm-hmm. it, this threatens this love and belonging. So we're walking back down, and then threatens safety and security in the sense that, you know, it's, it's a financial impact, and, and, you know, people, sometimes people lose their jobs. I mean, not very often, but, but uh, you know, they're scared of losing their jobs, so right. that, that affects. And, you know, what I, what I my bit about jobs that say that, you know, a DWI is a catastrophe for uh, truck drivers, airline pilots, and some public school teaching. Okay. Like mm-hmm. those are the three jobs that, that really, man, they, people fire you fast, yeah. you know, but it's hard to go back. It's hard. But if you're not truck driver, you know, pilot or, or teacher, and, and even the teacher, you can eventually work your way back. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Anyway, so there's there's that safety and security, and then the physiological needs. You know, just the the actual physical trauma of, of as you said, losing your agency, uh, losing your uh, ability to control for that 24-hour period when mm-hmm. you're in jail. You're at the mercy of people who do not care about you. They don't, and 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 almost you know, the people in the jail, you know, they're they're not. Um, I wouldn't say that they're. I mean, they're not abusive at the jail, but they are all day long i mean they sort of have to by that job to just sort of have a blank thing they don't yeah they don't tell you stuff that you know they're not there for your comfort or to help you through the process no i i say that travis county sheriff's office is not customer service oriented (laughs) you know it's it's they want to solve the problem okay of of dealing with you uh but uh they are under no obligation to Make it a more pleasant experience no, for you, uh, no. right? So, yeah. and and you know the, the other thing is that Travis County Sheriff—they have a lot of jobs, okay, throughout the whole county, and the one the 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 deputies that are at the bottom of the jail at 4 a.m. 
Mm-hmm. That's not the top quality sheriff's deputies. <laughs> the, there's much more uh, other better jobs that the the top candidates right. get. So and they don't. Uh, they're not seeing anyone at their best. No. So that's no. a. It comes from both sides. Yeah. So I mean, I can't even imagine if if I had to wake up and go work at the jail all night long. Right. That would be tough. Be tough. Yep. So anyway, it, it's it's a. So it's a natural thing for, uh, I mean, obviously it's natural for people to feel freaked out, but it does affect every level of your life. And it's, yeah, it's just perfectly natural to have it sort of rock your world. It is, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's an opportunity to to look at, at, uh, at fixing some parts of life, you know. That have led you to that point. Yeah, you know, and and there's, obviously I don't, think uh, uh, this type of arrest can happen to anyone. I mean, it's, it's at the, and it does. Yes. And at the courthouse, I mean, judges have been arrested for this. Lots of prosecutors have been arrested for this defense attorneys, you know, uh, a few years back, the, the district attorney got arrested for a DWI, mm-hmm. like a terrible one. Um, and she was in charge of uh, prosecuting people for felony DWIs. I remember that. And and you're just like, man, if this person whose job every day can get one, it's just. I mean, it really, the, the conclusion just is that alcohol is an insidious drug. There's just it. It takes. You know, I say Einstein would do dumb stuff on his third glass of wine. Right. You know, it just it it's. I mean, we've seen the photos. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know, it's just a it's. Everyone who drinks, you know, that this is a possibility because it affects your judgment. Affects That's your judgment. The, the first line. thing, you know, it's the you know because you, you, they look at, at you know you, it affects you physically. Your your but but before it affects you physically, okay, it affects your judgment, and so you know, I, I just, it's just every day people say, you know, if I drink too many, I'm going to get a taxi. But once they drink too many, they don't. Right. You know, because their judgment is impaired at that is, point. Yeah. But, you know, but that's the, the other thing about alcohol, but back to Maslow, right, is, is that, that alcohol, what it does is it boosts those, those levels temporarily, right? So, so when you drink, it boosts your safety and security level. Like you feel invincible, right? right. That's why your perception. Pe- yes, your perception. That, yeah. You feel like I can, well, I can beat up that guy or whatever, you know. <laughs> and it also boosts uh, love and belonging. You, 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 there's a more emotional thing. It's spikes. And then, of course, self-esteem, right? You feel like I'm a god or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, alcohol does. Now, of course, that dissipates, uh, you know, in three hours or, or whatever it is. But, uh, you know, there's this temporary boosting where and that's why we love it because it makes us feel like <laughs> yes exactly. wow, it works, yeah. things are so great right alcohol is insidious but it works for this thing but but you know what this opportunity that i like to to work with my clients is like let's figure out how do we get that self-esteem boost without the alcohol okay mm-hmm. and and that could be a lot of different things um how do we get the love and belonging boost without you know some permanent we're looking for permanent right. boost, not temporary boost and in reality not just in perception Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so something, and so you know, we. This is an opportunity. You know, I mean, it, it, I sometimes I'm, my clients are looking at me or people that are considering hiring me. You know, they this has just happened to them, and and they look at me, and I'm saying, look, this is a great opportunity, and they're looking at me like I'm crazy. Right. This seems like the absolute worst time <laughs> yes. for me to look at my habits and change my. 
patterns. Right. And they and they often say that they'll they'll go, Well, you know, I was gonna do X, Y, or Z. I was gonna I was gonna get go for that job or I was gonna do that. Uh, education thing, or I was going to move, or whatever. I, there's things that they wanted to do, and they say, but now because of this, I can't do any of that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Now we accelerate those plans. We uh-huh. don't, we don't stop that. Okay. In fact, now it's more important to do those plans because the main thing we'll get credit from the prosecutors for doing it because because part of my job is showing the prosecutors who you are, and the more proactive and moving towards goals you are the less likely it looks like this DWI event's going to happen again, okay? But now if you're in a fetal position waiting for this to be over, you know. You're that, not looking so impressive to the not, prosecutors. You're not. Mm-hmm. And, and so anyway, that, that, that yeah, I, I sort of pause before I tell them the good news that this arrest is an opportunity. <laughs> but, uh, but I do believe that. And, 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 most of my clients, you know, come around to it at some point going, you know what, I, I learned about this or that. And, and, and uh, I've heard plenty of, of people say that it, it was a it was a trauma and it was a nightmare. But with hindsight, I can see it was a blessing in disguise because then I got, you know, I got myself together. Right. That. Right. And so that's that's what I'm trying to facilitate, you know, scared uh, straight, <laughs> scared straight, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but at the moment right so so you know one of the things once you get an arrest there's all these rules that that just attach immediately and and, and so bond conditions are, are the, the first one now some people there aren't any bond conditions other than show up to court. Right? And bond conditions are what you need to satisfy to get out of jail. Well while you're out of jail okay, okay. so so for example um, let's say that the blood alcohol content was very high okay uh, or there's a wreck, or there's some, you know, it was, it was not a good DWI, so it was bad, you know, um, facts. The, uh, the judge, the magistrate judge, will likely say you need to put an ignition interlock device in your car. Mm. So to start your car and drive around, you have to blow a device. Um, and they'll say you have to get this uh, evaluation for counseling classes. Um, that's the main thing. And, and, or, and then they can do a supervised bond, meaning you, you have like a, a an officer that sort of keeps track with you every three weeks. And, and typically with that, you're not supposed to drink. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those are the bond, those are kind of stiff bond conditions on mm-hmm. the DWI. Um, now some people have a, a, a less dramatic DWI where they, you know, rolled through a stop sign and, and the mm-hmm. BAC was a 0.09. So it's over, but barely. And, and, uh, and the judge in that situation might not have all those conditions they might you know however the, the magistrate judges there there's like 15 different ones and so they all have their own techniques right you know? so the more conditions they put the safer it is for the judge in terms of they don't want to be blamed you know if, if it happens if it again. happens again right. and, and i'll tell you that's that's it sounds nuts you know when i tell my clients this can't happen again while this is pending they look at me like like no way however i have file cabinet full of people that get multiple DWIs, um, honestly, because of the trauma, the first one, they right, sort they're of, vulnerable and they're, yeah, they, they go look for that boost, you know, from alcohol. You want to get numb again. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, if, if this is your first DWI or if you're got a pending DWI, you cannot be behind the wheel with any alcohol on your breath whatsoever. Uh, the, you know, you can't drink just one beer and drive home, you know, mm-hmm. cause while you would be under the limit, 
the officer doesn't necessarily know that, and they'll just arrest you. If they, sm- if they see you have a pending DWI and they smell alcohol, they're going to go, Boop, you right. can sort it out in jail or right. you know, sort it out in court. And uh, so, and, and especially with, with rideshare companies now, there's there just isn't any Yeah, there's no reason not to. Yeah. Not to use so one. Yeah. Load them all up, Lyft and Uber and all on your phone. and Ride Austin. Yeah, Ride Austin. And uh, and if you haven't done that, and I, I've actually <laughs> I've made some of my clients order a ride share from my office just to show so how it works. So they know how to use it. Because right it home. just takes one time to see how it works, and you go, oh, man. It's like, a whole, easy. it's like a whole transportation network just materialized out of thin air. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it's actually easier than finding your car, getting the keys in the ignition. And right. You just call them, stand on a corner, and they take you home. Right. It is. It's an incredible new system. But so anyway, there's these bond conditions, and, and they um, while the case is pending, you just got to make sure you understand what the rules are and, and – uh, can we back up a little bit and and just sort of quickly go through go through the steps that people are going to encounter like I am sitting in my car with the cherries rolling behind me and the officer is at my window. Yeah, okay. So the the steps um well you mean like what you, what you should do if you're pulled over? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's tricky because what everyone wants to know is should you blow or not, right? Um, and nowadays they take blood from people who don't blow. Oh. Okay. So 90 or 95 percent of the time, there are some scenarios. They're going to test you one way or another. Yeah, they're going to get it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I had, I do have clients that that they blow. Uh, and there's two breathalyzer machines. There's one um, when you're pulled over after you do the field sobriety test, they'll give you a temper. This it's a portable breath tester, um, which and then then they arrest you and take you to the station and have you blow again. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then if you don't blow, they'll take your blood most of the time. Now, I have clients that say, you know, I wish I didn't blow. You know, and I say, well, they probably would have taken your blood. Right. So, the, the, you know, 10 years ago before the, before they were taking blood. You know, you when know, you actually had an option. Yeah, when you now actually you, had an option. You now you kind of just might as well, huh? You know, it's, I, I don't want to say, you know, it's, I can't, I mean, I'm a lawyer, so I, I think about all the scenarios, <laughs> right? So I, I, it's not 100%, you know, you shouldn't always blow because there's some law agencies that, that actually don't get the, the warrant to take your blood. Oh, okay. But 95% do, you know, so, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of variables that, that someone that doesn't work in this business for 15 years, that they just, they wouldn't be able to, to do the calculus, especially if they've been drinking. Right. <laughs> and they're scared. You <laughs> Good know. point. It's, it's a, you know, if, if you called me and gave me all those facts, I'd tell you what to do, uh, but they won't let you call me. Right. You know, that's. Good point. There's no, you don't have a right to a lawyer at, at the scene. Right. But. You know, so, but once they once they do that and take you to the station, uh, you know, uh, hopefully, you you were only in there for twelve to sixteen hours, you know, and, and got out. Only twelve to sixteen hours. It's brutal, and, and you don't really know because you you don't know if you're getting out, and you don't. It's it's a that traumatic. uncertainty and being at the mercy of 
other people again who it's not their not their job to care about you in this situation. Nope. Yeah. No. Nope. So you you sit and you wait for processing to happen. Yeah, processing and um and that's where they're they're and and waiting for the officer to write the probable cause affidavit to explain to the magistrate judge why they arrested you. Mm-hmm. The judge then looks at that that uh, that summary of what what the the facts were and then sets the bond and that's sort of arbitrary but it, but it's it's a uh, you know they have a range so for example a plain vanilla DWI no rec you know low BAC they'll set the bond at twenty five hundred dollars mm-hmm. uh, for one where there was a rec they might set it for five or six thousand dollars mm-hmm. um, but the magistrate judge just makes that decision and. Um, and pretrial services figures out whether they should give you a personal bond or not, or an attorney helps get that done. And what's a personal bond? Personal bond is um, it's the the court deciding that they're going to let you out of jail without you hiring a bail bondsman mm-hmm. because they believe that you're the type of person that's going to show up for court. Um, and that would be like you have a job here, or you know you've got you live here, an apartment. But, you know, I, I say the shorthand is like they're trying to figure out are you going to show up, right, as opposed to run to Mexico, right? right? So you, right. so if you've got a job and a house and stuff, you're not going to leave all that because of a Class B misdemeanor, right? right? So <laughs> you're likely to, to show up. But, but you know, and they also, if you've already hired an attorney, which happens sometimes, people call us and uh, while they're, people are still in jail and we do the jail release, hiring an attorney also gives them some indication that you're going to show up in court. Right. You know, you've, you've got a, someone dealing with it. All right. Good. That's that's good to know because I think people, I mean, you know, you just don't know what's facing you. You have no idea why it's taking so long. Are they just doing it to torture you and make you feel worse? All right. No, there's actually a whole process going yeah. on behind the scenes yeah. to move your paperwork along. You know, and, and, and every part of this process is rational. Like, and and. I said, you know, lawyers basically, you know, have have uh, this system designed by lawyers and, and people who uh, have reasons for why they do things. You know, there's no, there's not a whimsical, you know, no one is the, – the, the thing a lot of people are some, – sometimes I have clients that, that cynically say, you know, they're just trying to get my money. You know, and, and they're not trying to get your money. Right. They're not. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they want to make sure this thing doesn't happen again. Okay. Right. Now, uh, to 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 convince people, you know, to pressure people, it it, it does cost money to have a system, you know. So mm-hmm. there are court costs and, and things. And someone that who happen. knows how to navigate the system, which I feel like is mainly what people are paying for. For for attorneys. Yes, for yeah, attorneys. Yeah. It, it's uh, you know, like I said, I've been doing this 15 years, and and I know a lot more than I did when I was <laughs> first or second year. <laughs> You know, so it's a, uh, and you know, and it, it's it's a fair system in Travis County. I mean, in the sense that you know, like rich people don't get their cases thrown out just because they're rich or wealthy. I mean, there's no corruption in that sense. You mm-hmm. know, there's it's a a uh, everybody gets treated the same, and and and, and the pros- the prosecutors and the judges they just look at the facts, you know, or what what. And, and I think gonna, that's important for people to hear. Yeah, you know, it is because because they're especially when you're trying to choose an attorney because they're 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 part of their brain is going well. If I hire this very expensive attorney, 
you know, I'm, they'll get the case thrown out. Anyway, right, yeah. It's, you know, and, and I certainly believe that happens in rural counties in Texas or something, you know, somewhere out, you know, where it's still 1950, you know. But in Travis County, it's a professionally run system. And uh, they're, you know, they're tough on this. Um, and, and just because it's your first time being in trouble doesn't mean they're going to just dismiss it, you know. Right. Um, but it's a lot better if it's your first time. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to, yeah. you know, be less concerned that it's going to happen again. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's – I don't think I could work in a system that was just corrupt. I mean, I just – I wouldn't like it. Like, I, I like this, you know. There's – there's, I mean, I know all the people and, and uh, you know – even sometimes I have friends get in trouble and, and, you know, they don't get special treatment because they're my friends. I mean, I do everything I can to make sure they do what they need to do to get, you know, good results. But, uh, but there just isn't a, you know, there's some, sometimes I'll say it, you know, this, this is what's going to happen. And you could, you could, uh, Abraham Lincoln or, uh, some other famous lawyer <laughs> couldn't get any better than this. You know, there's no, there's, there is, there's not, you know, there are different types of lawyers, but, yeah. uh, but there's not ones that have, there's not a good old boy network, you know, not in Travis That's County. also good to hear. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> I, I, they, the, the old guard will tell stories and I'll go, oh, wow, that was different wow, back you in did that? 1963, Dang. right? You know, but uh, not in. Well, it seems like in in such a drink in town as Austin that there has to be a working system in place to process these things happening because it it's got to happen hundreds of times a week. Yeah, uh, a night. More. Yeah, so on a weekend, I mean, they'll arrest 120, 30 people. It's wow. astonishing. And that's even with rideshares, you know. Yeah. I mean, people there's a lot less people, you know, uh, drinking and driving, but there's still so many that, that you know, it's, I say the officers never come back to the station and go, you know what, I couldn't find anybody. <laughs> you know? they, it's just like all they do is sit, you know, in these, these particular parts of, of uh, around 6th yeah. Street, around, you know, around Way almost like. people to stumble by. Or, or, or speed by. Right. Or, you know. Or swerve by. Swerve by. For more information about Charlie, visit www.roadmanespiritu.com. You can purchase Charlie's book, The Defendant's Guide to Defense, How to Help Your Lawyer Get the Best Result, on Amazon.